Welcome to the Mindset Podcast for guardians of dogs who are just a little rough around the edges. I'm your host, Kaisa van Overbeek, a life coach dedicated to making life with your challenging dog feel less challenging, both by sharing stories of other people's similar experiences and by showing you how you can harness the power of your brain to make it work for you instead of against you. It's mindset episode time and this podcast is actually a reply to an email that I got from one of my followers and the email was in response to another email, one that I sent um, to my email list. And the topic of the email was something along the lines of your dog's never the real problem. There's always something underneath. There's always sort of a deeper issue at play. And the example I gave in in the email that I sent to the list was um, you might think there's a problem with the amount of time that you're spending on your challenging dog because it comes at the expense of time that you could be spending with your kids or with your family. And so the underlying thought that you're having is that your kids aren't fully benefiting from you as a parent, for example. And so I got a reply to that and I told this lady, you know what, (laughs) I'm not going to write you back. I'm actually going to talk about this on the podcast. So consider this your personalized reply to the email, um, but I hope it also benefits other people. Um, So let me read a little bit of of, um, what she wrote. So basically what she wrote was, I was constantly trying to manage between work, dogs, my kids, my house, the big yard with a lot of plans, my husband, my extended family, and time for myself. And the real truth is that while I spend a lot of time at work, and I work 24-hour shifts mixed with 12- and 8-hour shifts, other things must wait. When I solve some problems with my extended family or my close family, my dogs have to wait. While I work with my dog on dog-to-dog reactivity, my other two dogs don't have the same amount of time or attention. And I think this is something that we can all relate to. And as always, I want to kind of use a multi-pronged approach to attack this problem, if it's even a problem. And that's probably the first prong, the first question to ask why is this even a problem yeah so when you do one thing you can't do the other thing is that so terrible and i think the problem is that partly that we see it as a problem the underlying thought kind of like i alluded to in the the mail that i sent to my email list is that we're thinking oh i should be spending more time on my kids if i don't my kids will suffer this might damage them emotionally you know it's gonna send them to therapy later in their life i'm a bad mom Um, i'm a bad parent i'm a bad employee because now when i'm at work i'm only staring at the camera to see if my you know dog with separation anxiety isn't freaking out at home so i'm not like doing 100 percent at work because i'm worrying about the other things etc etc it's like i'm not 
striving as hard as I can. I'm not living up to this ideal of the person who can juggle all the balls all the time without ever dropping one. And if you're a person identifying as a woman, this may hit you even harder because traditionally women have been socialized to believe that we're the caregivers for the kids. We should put our kids first all the time. A good parent sacrifices for their kids, etc., etc., etc. So, um, just something that I thought of is that none of us are spared there. This is the same for everyone who identifies as a woman. I encourage you to read uh, Michelle Obama's book, Becoming, actually, because she talks about this same struggle and she was the freaking first lady of the United States. Um, so just to say that this is a message that we've internalized, that we've come to see as true. Like, this is what women do. This is what women are supposed to do. But is it true? You know, it may be worth questioning first if it's true. And if you grew up identifying as male, um, I'm not saying that you're exempt from this at all, but just that probably traditionally there has been less emphasis, emphasis, I should say, <laughs> on the need to keep all the plates spinning. The societal messaging has been around uh, being the caretaker and the provider more, which, by the way, can also bring on its whole own series of um, problems and internalized messaging that can totally get in the way. So there's that thing of being aware of the societal conditioning and then being aware of the stories that we're telling ourselves that come with it. One of the things that you can do is question it and ask yourself, is it even true? So if the story is, you know, that your kids will suffer somehow or that your dog will suffer somehow, is that even true? Can you come up with reasons how they're not suffering, how this is benefiting them? And also vice versa or not vice versa, um, how does this reflect on you? How are you suffering? If you believe that your kids are suffering, how are you suffering? So just as an example, is it really so terrible that kids learn that their parent has to work and that sometimes they are going to have to wait to ask their questions or they have to wait to get their answer? Is it so bad that they're learning delayed gratification? Similarly for our dogs, I mean, we've even seen in the pandemic um, dogs that have gotten accustomed to us being around all the time might end up having separation anxiety issues later on because they're just not used to being alone. So is it so bad for your dogs that sometimes they don't get the attention <laughs> that they might want in that time like could that be teaching them something else could that be teaching them some form of resilience just, okay this is not giving you carte blanche to just ignore your dogs all the time but i just want you to question that what you assume is true or what feels very true what sounds very true inside your brain to question whether 
it is true, whether there isn't another way of thinking about it. Okay, so that was, so to say, the first prong is just basically checking in with yourself if it's actually a problem and if it's actually true. The second prong, the second part of the so-called two-pronged approach is to actually check in with yourself if all those things that you're spending your time on are actually in line with your priorities. So in the case of the person who wrote me this email, like when you are spending time on your extended family and not on your children, for example, or not on your job, your dog, or any of the other things, is that actually what you want to do? Is that in line with your values? With how you want to spend your time at this point in life, in this phase of your life? Like when was the last time you actually actively thought about what your priorities are? Like what is your number one priority? What's your number two priority? Because let's face it, if you're in the thick of things, if you're in the thick of juggling and trying to keep all those balls up in the air, you're probably not making time to actually examine whether what you're doing and how you're spending your time is actually how you want to be spending it. So... What are your priorities? Write them down. What is important to you? Make a top three. Though I have to say that when I work with my clients, I always encourage at least a top five. And really think about it. Be very honest with yourself. By being very honest with yourself, I mean do not necessarily give the politically correct answer or the socially or societally appropriate answer just be very honest with yourself if right now your kids are not your number one priority you don't have to put them in the first slot if your dog at this moment is more important than your kids or your job then that's fine and if they're not they're not okay I'm making a mess of this logically and probably, but what I mean to say is just really listen to your heart like, and listen to your body. Like when you're writing this down and your hand goes to write your number one priority or your fingers go to type your number one priority if you're doing it on a computer or on your phone, Consider how it feels like, is this, yeah, is this really what needs to go in the number one slot? Is this it? Okay, then go for it. But make sure that it's your choice and that it's not, like I said, the politically correct answer. I'm going to give you an example of what happened for me, I think about, I guess it was about two years ago when I was going through, you know, my career switch, doing my life coach training And all of that. I was doing that from Austria, where my parents live. And my parents and I have this little tradition where we go and have a coffee at a cafe and chat for a little bit. And we combine this um, with the dog walk with all of our dogs. But when I go there, when I do that, it takes a good chunk of time out of my day. And so my parents, you know, they're getting older and they've definitely had their you know share of health scares lately that have made me realize that spending time with them is very precious yet at the same time I was working on my 
like I said, on my coach certification, on starting my business, on training and caring for Rusty and wanting to be there for my children, for my partner, trying to somehow have a clean house as well. Uh, just, well, basically I was juggling all the things that the person who wrote me this email um, also described. And I didn't really know how I was going to get it all done because my brain was basically telling me um, that all my mornings were already gone um, because of the coffee meetings with my parents and the rest of it was spent on certification. And then if I was going to spend some time with my family and then also get Rusty's training in and his one hour evening dog walk, then how on earth was I ever going to get my business off the ground? How was I ever going to get it going? Let alone still have access to clean and, well, ironed, I gave that up a long time ago, but clean clothes. So when I did my little like priorities, I wrote them down and my priority one was coach certification and getting my business off the ground. Two was kids and family, three was my parents, four was my dog, and five was my house. And when I started to sort of investigate or look back, and I always tell people, don't, um, like when you go about seeing how you're spending your time, look at a past week or a past period of time. Don't start um, taking notes on how you're spending your time from a certain point on forwards because as soon as you know your new priority list sort of is in your mind it is going to change how you spend your time which by the way is good but if you just really want to have an idea of how you have been spending it and where it has been going take a period of time that's in the past so if I took that list and compared it to how I had spent let's say the past two weeks I could see that my business was not nearly getting the amount of attention that I wanted to give it. It definitely did not count as my number one priority. Even though in my mind it was, it, it was not how I was spending my time. What was going on though, that I was kind of mm, going into time victim mode, so to say. Instead of taking control of my time, I kind of let time rule me. It was like, well, there's all these things that I have to do, like spend time with my parents, walk the dog, train the dog, um, you know, spend time with my kids and my family, uh, have to clean the house, of course. So there's definitely no time anymore for getting this business off the ground. So how can I ever? Completely crazy, of course. I could tell my parents, which in the end is what I did also, I'm not going to join you for coffee every day. But the reason I found that very hard to do, and that was very interesting, was a lot of my thoughts about them. Like like I said, they've had their health scares. They're getting older. So I was like, I don't want to be one of those people who blames themselves for putting all their time in their business and having forgotten to care for what's really important, which is family. I don't want to end up being one of those people. And so knowing that was first was first of all was the first step. 
But then came the realization that, okay, now I was, I want to say, going to the coffee meetings. It might seem like a silly example to you all, but for me, it was just very telling. And I'm, I'm hoping it's of use to all of you as well. That um, I was, like I said, I was going to the coffee meetings, but mentally, I wasn't always entirely there because in my mind, I was like, oh, but I should be working on my business. I actually really want to be working on my business. So was I spending really the quality time with my parents that I wanted it to be? Eh, probably not. So finally, I made a conscious decision saying like, okay, these and these times I'm going to spend with my parents and I'm going to really be there. And the other times I'm choosing to work on my business. And it was night and day, night and day difference. Because when I was there now, I was enjoying it. And also because I was spending more time on my business, more stuff was happening in my life. So I had more fun things to share with my parents and to, I was able to sort of bring them along on the journey of what starting a business was like, which wasn't something that either of them had ever done. No entrepreneurs in our family. So it was just fun. But I would never have gotten there if I hadn't really compared like, okay, what are my priorities right now? What is it that I want to focus on? And, you know, overlaid it on how I was actually spending my time. So this is what I want to encourage you to do. Figure out, like write them down what's your top five priorities for right now. Be very honest about it. And then compare it to how you've been spending your time. And see if there's something that you need to change or something that you want to can change to do that. What's going to happen, though, is you're going to probably feel a lot of resistance. Because up until now, everything has seemed urgent. It's like, okay, but that that house that really needs to be clean. And if I want my house to be clean, then I don't have time for that extra training with my dog. Um, since we're on a dog podcast, you know? Um could be so what is the consequence if, if you do want to spend time on your dog or on your dog training or maybe it's the other way around maybe you're spending all your time on your dog and you want to spend um, more time on yourself and on your self-care something's going to have to give and that is going to feel like i'm going to just say it, it's going to feel like crap and now it becomes interesting because now you're going to have to figure out why why does that feel like crap like what does it mean if your house isn't clean? Does that say something about you as a person? Is that just not done? Or are you just going to have to learn with the discomfort of maybe a not so clean house? Or is there something that you can do about it? Like, do you have enough disposable income that you can hire someone to clean your house for you? Same thing with your dog. You know, let's say that you are spending all your time on your dog and you want to spend more time on yourself. What comes up? What is the resistance that belongs to that kind of thinking? Is that that you are then a terrible dog guardian? Or is it that you're being selfish and you just want to kind of take those thoughts, kind of hold them in the palm of your hand and explore them, explore what they bring up. And then again, same as with prong number one of our whole priorities and where am I spending um, my time um, fork is ask yourself if those thoughts are true. You know, like, are you being selfish or 
um, like if you take care of yourself first, um, does your dog, like is your dog miserable if you spend less time training them? Or do the training sessions that you do do with them become that much more efficient? And are you that much more enthusiastic and much more into it when you do do the trainings? Kind of like what happened, you know, with the coffee meetings that my parents and I had. Just so ask yourself, where does this discomfort come from? What are the thoughts? Are they true? Do I want to keep entertaining them? And if I do, and if I do believe that they're true, is there something else that I can do? For example, hire someone to keep my house clean if that is in the cards. Or can I have a neighbor come sit with my dog while I go to the gym or go for a run? Can I enlist somebody else's help? And again, asking for help might feel uncomfortable. What's behind that? Just investigate. Just stay curious. But I think I'm in danger of going too far off topic now. So I think this is where I'll wrap it up. So just quick summary. If you're juggling all the balls and feeling that something is always falling through the cracks one way or another, two prongs. Prong number one, ask yourself if that is even true. How could it not be true that stuff is falling through the cracks how could things actually be okay and be positive and prong number two see if all the juggling is really necessary are you spending your time in line with your priorities get really clear on what your priorities are see if you are spending your time in line with those priorities if not ask yourself why not And when you ask yourself these questions, consider which thoughts come up, which feelings come up, what you're resistant to, investigate that. And again, also keep asking yourself, is it true or not? How could something else be true? If I do believe it's true, is there something that I can do to change things? I hope that was helpful. And that's what I have for you today. You can find the show notes to this episode and everything coaching on my website, kaisafanoverbeg.com, or you can go find us on Instagram at the Russ Cattle Dog, or maybe even Facebook, Kaisafanoverbeg Coaching. If you like listening to this podcast, might I ask you for a good review on whichever platform you're listening to the podcast to, because it helps us move up in the rating, which helps us be found more easily so that more people can listen to this, more people can benefit from it, more people can feel, as I always say, less alone in where they stand with their dogs.